Hi, I'm Skip Nipper. Welcome to my podcast where I tell you about Nashville's great baseball history and traditions. Shot to write a one-hop liner. Certainly about its past, especially about Tom Wilson Park, Herschel Greer Stadium, Sulphur Dale, but also a little bit about its present and future, too. Yes, he can. A mix the waist-high catch. And I introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans and their love for everything baseball. A high fly ball down the right field corner going way back. Hits a leadoff home run. In this podcast episode, I'd like to tell you about a great ball player, a famous in Nashville baseball circles with the Nashville Vols. His name was Dick Sisler. Many may remember him as the main manager for the Vols in the late 50s, and he went into the major leagues as a coach and a manager, and he returned to Nashville after retiring. And I'll get into that a little bit, but I want to give you some background information about him. He was born in St. Louis in 1920, a son of Hall of Famer George Sisler and a brother to Dave and George Sisler Jr. Our Dick Sisler was born in St. Louis, Missouri, and at John Burroughs School, a progressive private school his father helped found in 1923, he excelled in football, basketball, track, and baseball. He was truly an all-around athlete. And Dick Sisler enrolled at Colgate University, where he played baseball for one year before dropping out to sign a minor league contract with the St. Louis Cardinals. He spent four years in the minor leagues and then, in 1943, enlisted in the United States Navy to help fight World War II. Sisler rose to the office of Chief Petty Officer and served as a physical instructor at the Bainbridge Naval Training Center in Maryland. Upon his discharge in 1945, the Cardinal sent Sisler to Cuba to learn how to play first base. After a couple of weeks, the Cubans were proclaiming Sisler as their Babe Ruth. In his first game, Sisler recorded two home runs and in another game hit three more. He then made his Major League Baseball debut with the Redbirds in April 1946, spending a full season for the eventual National League and World Series champions. He was listed during his playing days at 6 feet 2 inches tall and 205 pounds, batting left-handed, and he threw right-handed. And during his eight-year major league career, he played for the St. Louis Cardinals, Philadelphia Phillies, and Cincinnati Reds at first base and in the outfield. His career batting average was 276 with 55 home runs. And his best season was the year of his greatest fame in 1950 when he hit 13 home runs, batted in 83, and hit for a 296 average, and he made the National League All-Star team. Now, he became player manager of the Nashville Vols beginning with the 1957 season, and in his three-year career was 243 wins with 211 losses during his tenure. He split time in 1957 and 58 between first base and the dugout, and in 1959, he relegated his duties to managing only during that season. But in two seasons that he was player manager, he hit for a 318 average. And in 1960, he moved to Seattle, the Seattle Rangers. His replacement was Jim Turner, who had been the pitching coach for the New York Yankees. And then later, Sisler became a coach in Cincinnati under Fred Hutchison in 1961. In August of 1964, Sisler was promoted to uh, Red's acting manager, under tragic circumstances when Hutchison, suffering from cancer, had to give up the reins. 
Now, the elder Sisler was one of the all-time greats and was inducted into Cooperstown in 1939. He played for the St. Louis Browns, the Washington Senators, and the Boston Braves. Now, this was a family of baseball people. Dick Sisler's brother, Dave, pitched in the major leagues for Boston, Detroit, Washington, and Cincinnati. And his brother, George Jr., was president of the International League between 1966 and 1976 after serving as a general manager for several teams in the minors. George Sisler Sr. raised his boys to be baseball people. Now, Dick Sisler's famous for slugging a 10th inning opposite field three-run home run for Philadelphia against the Brooklyn Dodgers at Ebbets Field on the last day of the 1950 season and his feet gave the Phillies whiz kids their first National League pennant in 35 years. The home run, coupled with his slugging five years earlier in the Cuban Winter League, made Sisler world famous in baseball and literary circles when Ernest Hemingway immortalized him in his novel The Old Man and the Sea in a conversation between an aging Cuban fisherman and his young apprentice discussing the unfolding 1950 big league season, the old man says, in the other league, between Brooklyn and Philadelphia, I must take Brooklyn. But then I think of Dick Sisler and those great drives in the old park. There was nothing ever like them. He hits the longest ball I have ever seen. In the 1950 World Series that followed, however, Sisler would collect only one single in 17 at-bats as the Phillies were swept by the New York Yankees in four games. Earlier, in 1946, he had gone hitless in two at-bats as a pinch hitter for the Cardinals in that season's fall classic, but he picked up a World Series ring when the Redbirds defeated the Boston Red Sox in seven games. And after retiring from baseball, he continued to be active in local baseball circles, attending throwback games, old-timers baseball association events, and Nashville Sounds games, and he even served as a hitting instructor for the Sounds in 1982. Dick Sisler passed away at the age of 78 in Nashville on November the 20th, 1998, after contracting pneumonia. And at the time of his death, he was survived by his wife, Dorothy, his son, Richard, three daughters, Kathleen Hand, Patricia Sweeney, and Sherry Patterson, and brothers, Dave and George his sister, Frances Drockelman, and 10 grandchildren and four great-grandchildren. And he's buried in Woodlawn Park in Nashville. I'll close this story about Dick Sisler by including a story of Bobby Dernbaugh, who played with the Vols in the late 50s, and Dick Sisler was his manager a few of those years. Bobby Dernbaugh came to Nashville one time, went out to the Nashville Sounds ballpark, Herschel Greer Stadium, and went to the office. And Larry Schmidt, the president of the sounds was there and Bobby Dernbaugh introduced himself and wondered if he could tell Bobby where Dick Sister lived. And Larry Schmidt, just like the Larry Schmidt I know, said, well, I'll just take you there. And he put him in his car and took Bobby to visit with Dick Sister and they had a grand old time, once again, as baseball people do.